Hi, this is Reese Roper, and you're listening to our newest podcast ever. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew and John, and we love this podcast because it's about us. Welcome to Magnified Pod, the second season, our newest podcast ever. And one of these days, John, we're going to wake up dangerous. Yeah. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. And we're going to be talking to everybody's favorite girl named Jeff. And everybody's favorite saxophone player, everybody's favorite lead singer of a power pop rock bleepy bloopy band (laughs) with straight bangers, Leonore Ortega Till, later in the pod. Returning guest. Returning guest. Uh, Psyched about this. Really happy about it. We've been wanting to cover and planning to cover Fast Feeling. For a while, we got, uh, we got a while to talk about all the bleeps and bloops that are just there's bleeps and bloops of plenty today. Yep, yeah, there are, but not just the bleeps and bloops, but some sick bass lines. Some, oh yeah, some fuzzy ass guitar. Yeah, lot lots of echoey, reverby deliciousness. That's mm. right. Fast feeling. Put it, put up. it in my ear holes. Yes, please. But before before we get there, um, we just get a, just get a little business um, business uh, out of the way up top. Mm-hmm. John, what's going on in the ska world right now? Well, I'll tell you. We got a uh, we got an <laughs> exciting. That, thank you. That's why I asked you. <laughs> it sounds like you want to know uh, the answer to a question. Yes, I will I do. answer I, thusly. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, that's what they call uh, nailing a handoff in <laughs> broadcast journalism. Um, yeah, for a long time, we've been talking about the documentary Pick It Up, Ska in the 90s. Uh, our producer, Jason from Unoriginal Vinyl, is a producer on the movie. It features our guest today, Leonor, among other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been planning to cover uh, the movie in an episode of the pod for a long time. And we wanted to say that this Saturday, August 15th at 8 p.m. Central Time, uh, you can watch along with us online. Uh, we did not organize this, but we're just jumping on this bandwagon. <laughs> um, there's going to be a, uh, a watch party online to watch the movie. So we will do come along, watch with us, watch with uh, the director, and um, we'll then do an episode shortly after that one, uh, discussing it, having some special guests on there. Um, but watch along with us and, and uh, get caught up on the movie before we talk about it. You can um, go to skamovie.com. And if you go to their shop, uh, you can order a ticket, which is five bucks, pretty reasonable. Um, and it's something that uh, the director, Taylor Morden, is doing in conjunction uh, with this new all-star band the inevitables um and they're gonna discuss the movie afterward um and i guess so the inevitables are a brand new band with visual art component including a comic book and uh features Vinny from less than jake 
uh, Obi Fernandez from Westbound Train, members of Real Big Fish, Big D and the Kids Table, the Interrupters, the Swellers, and more. So that sounds like a super group. Um, yeah, it so, does. Yeah, you can and they either... Have a- they have a Kickstarter right now too. That's right. You can either get a ticket to this online watch party by going to the Inevitables Kickstarter page uh, and picking up a ticket there and supporting them, or you can go straight to skymovie.com and get your ticket there. So um, if you would like to support the Inevitables and uh, watch this movie, you can go to kickstarter.com slash project slash the Inevitables or just search for the Inevitables. But I believe uh, I believe you get a ticket to the show um, and like automatically support uh, uh, the record they're putting out. So I think that was clear enough uh, this Saturday. Watch with us. We'll do a show shortly thereafter. Skymovie.com. Oh, nailed it! Uh, you nailed you uh, the transition into the announcement. Uh, start off a little rough, but you, you stuck the landing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you know, John, there are lots of horns in ska bands, but there's only one horn for you right now. Thank you, man. What an honor. Well done. Well done. <laughs> so so we, we had our second coming of cheeses episode last week. And we were getting some feedback that a lot of people, first off, didn't even know. Yeah, A lot of people didn't know that this existed. They're like, "Where? what's the deal with this? And so we heard from a lot of people that there was, there was a lot of that, in addition to Danny Leary, that they didn't know that this existed. And that it was just sort of a, a strange, strange album that people just sort of happened upon, even though some of the stuff has been on YouTube or for years and specifically <laughs> yes, a music video uh, that I didn't know existed until just the other day. <laughs> when uh, multiple <laughs> members of the band sent it to us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Reese uh, had sent me, a link to the insulin music video that he made. (laughs) Your number one song. My number one song from second coming of Jesus insulin. And it's a, it's a beautiful tribute to a nineties, nineties hip hop with uh, an image of Reese green screened, rapping <laughs> over over Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and yep. uh, <laughs> talking talking about insulin and the islets of longer Hans and the chode. So okay. but here's here's another little controversy, John, mm-hmm. because we brought this up on the episode last week. And this is this is uh we're going to bring this up in our new segment, Chode Talk. Um, <laughs> Chode so, Chat, please. <laughs> Chode Chat. Okay, this, this is our brand new segment, Chode Chat. Boy. And <laughs> I'm, I apologize. But I'm sorry, but this is a, this is a bit, and I'm sticking with it. Um, so we had said, I think I'd asked you what you thought your def- the definition of Chode was. <laughs> right. And... and 
And you said, and I agreed, a uh, penis that is wider than <laughs> than it is long. And I'm sorry, and I, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> hey, this is this is. It came straight from not, the band. <laughs> this is not my song. I didn't it's write fine. about my chode burning. Um, <laughs> Hashtag not all chodes. Is yep, yeah. and. So I and I had mentioned to you that like oh I I heard that some people had thought of it as the taint and you're like what I've never heard that and uh, I heard from two separate members of the band Reese being one of them that he he was defining it as the taint which fascinating I think is unfortunate because that really uh, I mean it really. <laughs> makes me think like would he have said that in <laughs> in the song if he was like oh it's commonly understood as something much I much mean, different look when you googled it as we were talking it confirmed my definition that's all i'm saying yeah no i mean that i i agree and i think history will uh <laughs> will be on our side that's right. Okay. This is the this is this now concludes Cho Chat. <laughs> the first and last episode. <laughs> first and last episode of Cho Chat. I got a um, pop of scotch for this. Oh man, what you got? Yeah. Got some more. Uh, it's from TJ's, Trezos, but it's not TJ's brand. It's a uh, is Isla Storm. Storm. Yeah, yeah, I, Isla I, Storm. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I think it's I, uh, yeah, John. Let me Isla let me of Lagerhans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is this is that very special kind of scotch it's 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 peated with pancreatic juices that's right there's definitely some beta cells in there <laughs> oh man i think i think if you pour that on your burning chode it it, it helps <laughs> sorry we slipped back into chode chat here for a second it's pretty good pretty good um Anyway, so we have we have uh, uh, some we have some voicemails here. All right, we're going to start with uh, Danny Leary, who um, is he mad at us? He called and left a message um, following up with his his cheeses uh, essay. Huh. Hey, this is Danny Leary. I'm calling to leave a much shorter voicemail than I did last week. <laughs> That's it. That is it. So thank, thank you, Danny Leary. I think you, uh, all of our, all of our gentle ribbing of you seems to have, um, oh, man. finally, finally landed. It was an important, um, uh, important episode for Danny. Yes, a lot of, it was a lot of work to get out there. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> Danny stairs, John, you had, you had mentioned, uh, last week about, the birth of your children coinciding with uh, terrible events. And mm. Danny Stairs has some thoughts. What's up, guys? Your boy, Danny Stairs. Uh, just calling with a little message for John. Um, John, I need your home address. I'm going to send you some condoms. Because clearly we cannot afford for you to have more children. Every time you're having children born, shit's going wrong. Uh, so you're going to need to knock that off, um, you know. If you need help with uh, having sexual relations in a way that won't get a woman pregnant, you call me. I know a guy. He may be a fan of the show. JK, love you guys. Next up for life. 
Thank you, Danny. Um, you know, in my defense, we have not had any kids in 2020, so I'm not to blame for any of this. That is fair. That yeah. is fair. So, yeah, I think, uh, but I don't know, a, a 2016 baby, wouldn't you say, argue, mm, arguably? Okay, it all started with Milo being born. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Milo is a perfect little angel when he's not yelling at you to get out of the hammock. <laughs> oh, man, he's yelling at me a lot these days. <laughs> oh, RIP, John. I'm sorry. Get him on the pod. <laughs> get it, get him on the pod. Uh, our boy, our boy Lee, uh, sent us a voicemail. Not, not oh, a okay. Lee mail. No Lee mails this week. Uh, but we got a we got a voicemail. Mac Pod. This is Lee Clements from Lexington, Kentucky again. Um, well, right now, technically, I think I'm somewhere north of Mason, Ohio. Uh, I am driving to New York today uh, to run Steadicam for a horse race. Uh, on Saturday, but uh, anyway, um, I just got done listening to the Second Jesus album or uh, Second Jesus podcast, um, and have now a weird experience now where I have heard somebody talk about me from a vo- <laughs> from an email I sent, and it's, it's a weird like weird relationship thing. I don't know. It's odd. This. This uh, one of the reasons that I haven't really gotten into any podcasts and, uh, is because I have this thing where I'm like, well, I, I get to know a person. You know, you, you get to know mm-hmm. the person that you're listening to. Yep. And um, you guys both seem like cool dudes, and I like this part of me now that's like, yeah, but I don't. But they don't know anything about me. Like, I want to establish a relationship there. It's odd. Right. Um. This I'm assuming won't get played. <laughs> played on the air. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I I have not actually. I'd never heard the second season album. I didn't know it existed, and I was a Kickstarter backer, so I I need to go through my mm. email if something I missed, or if it's just something that was only for the 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 backer levels that paid for it. Um, and I'm gonna have to go download it because I I definitely want to hear more after uh, listening to the pod today. Uh, but I did. I did. I am a Kickstarter backer, and I have been meaning to email you guys the uh, original Kickstarter intro fi- that uh, that came with the digital download. Uh, if you got it a week early, uh, and I'll, yeah, I'll just send it to you. Um, and I will say a few more things in that email that I uh, am thinking of right now, but don't want to waste time because I can see where my time is on the voicemail thing. But I wanted to throw out to uh, John my. My oldest was also born in, in uh, 2014, um, yeah. and uh, he was born in July. In fact, he just turned six, July 11th, um, and 2014 is a big year for me because uh, because of that, obviously. It was also the first TV show I was working on. We were living in Virginia. I was going to grad school. We had Isaac, and then six weeks later, we moved from Virginia back to Kentucky, and I started a full-time job, and it was just it was just a crazy year. So, um, yeah, super cool. I'll send you guys an email. My time's almost up. Night for life. Fascinating stuff, Lee. Yes. Um, I love how many listeners we have who are like DPs or camera operators or directors mm. or like yep. uh, production people in some way. I find it awesome. So I definitely want to hear more about uh, rocking that steady cam and what TV show you were doing and stuff. 
Yeah, um, right. Happy birthday to your kid. My kid turns six uh, next week, two weeks, week and a half. Um, so that's exciting. Wow, terrible and, uh, dad. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out when this is dropping. Uh, it's a little fair. over a one week from when you're listening to this, listeners. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, if you're listening I right when it came out. You son of a bitch. <laughs> John, I have to uh, I I uh, have to uh, apologize for yelling at you so much last week. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. I I'm. <laughs> it wouldn't be that hard to get to the bottom of this, but I I don't understand who got this record and who didn't and how they got it. Like clearly, there was a four hundred dollar option to have a song written for you. And there's right. an assumption that you would receive that in some way, but maybe there wasn't an assumption that there was a whole collection that people would get. So it might be possible that only certain levels of backers got them, but I guess I assumed that it was everybody who contributed got it. Cause there's no tier. I'm looking at the Kickstarter page. That's yeah. like, you'll get second coming. Like, I think it was a surprise to everyone. So anyway, we got to get to the bottom of this. Who got it? And who did. Yeah. I wonder if we could talk to anybody who would, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. We haven't had any members of the band on multiple times, so it's pretty hard to tell. <laughs> Yeah, that was, yeah, we, we, all of our, I feel like we've had so many more questions about cheeses than we have. It's a mysterious uh, (laughs) uh, project. Yes. Um, Okay. So last, last voicemail, uh, we have Meg from Monterey. Hey guys, Meg from Monterey here again. Um, And this voicemail is actually not exactly for you two, um, but more so directed to Danny Leary and his contributions to the Cheese's Wikipedia page. Um, so first let me say that I actually had a similar experience to him when it came to that album, just completely confused when I heard about the existence of a Cheese's 2 to the point mm-hmm. where uh, when I heard someone talking about it or heard from a friend, um, I immediately thought they were just super messing with me since that's actually pretty easy to do, especially in the way of like getting my hopes up about something related to Five Iron. Um, I'm a pretty easy target and super gullible when it comes to that stuff. Um, But then I did hear from another friend, after all the Googling and asking around and stuff, kind of like what Danny did, um, I heard that it was only for Patreon people and paying, you know, a million dollars to get songs written. But uh, for some dumb reason, I kind of just stopped there. I didn't go on the Five Iron site to see if I could actually buy it like Danny did. So, again, props to him for, like, thinking through that all the way. All that guy guessed you on the website first and then discovered it. But... Um, I like chalked it up to guess I fucked up. I'm not as much as a five iron fan as I thought. Um, you know, bad Meg. Um, and then just moved on really until you guys mentioned you were going to be talking about it. So, um, anyway, obviously I'm sure as many other listeners did, uh, the second Danny mentioned he was the infamous author of the Jesus two blurb on the Wikipedia page. I immediately paused the episode to go and check it out. And I also am thankful it existed. So props to Danny. Um, <laughs> I feel kind of bad saying this, but one of the things that stuck out to me was maybe that Danny should have done more um, spelling and grammar and punctuation checking Ooh, out. <laughs> uh, over there. Uh, I won't point out any specifics, toss. but I was definitely tempted to go back and just fix it myself. Um, but since I've never contributed to any Wikipedia anything in my life, I thought that it might not be qualified to do so. Um, but yeah, as you guys said, Danny, thank you for your service. And if you need an editor, um, feel free to hit me up. Um, and I don't think this is Danny's fault, but another thing that I noticed is whoever did the original Cheez-Its entry, apparently in this Wikipedia timeline, um, Brad is still dead because he doesn't show up at all on the personnel section on the page. Um, 
I mean, unless that was intentional with someone like trying to be funny, but still it's, it looks like someone just counted eight people, you know, including Scott and, and Keith, um, and Sonny and was like, yep, eight people. Yep. We're good. And moved on. But Brad's not on there. Um, okay. Running out of time. Uh, Danny, since you are the second authority on that page, you could go back and fix it. Um, I mean, I would, but I'm busy editing syllabi for my classes, but obviously I had to stop and make a time to send a voicemail to you guys. One last thing. I want whatever Andrew was drinking in that episode. Okay. Bag pause for life. Bye. <laughs> I love all these listeners like very aware of the time they have left now. <laughs> They're like, okay, I'm almost done. Uh, I got to get through this. Like, yeah, it's good. This is, yeah. Talking well, uh, brevity. Yeah. Well, also, I think Meg has had her voicemail game on point from the jump. Oh, yeah. So she's on top but, of it. So let me just let me just <laughs> just for one second here. Um, Danny, uh, consider yourself called out. Um, yes, you you deserve all the all the praise for uh, your research and your contribution, but. <laughs> I think, yeah, the uh, need, hey, you need an editor. Oof, <laughs> tough luck. Burn notice. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So this, yeah. Again, another another person just kind of stumbling uh, onto this and not knowing. And yeah, it's 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 curious. So we do definitely need to get to uh, to the bottom of this. Um, and so Meg, yeah, I was drinking a, uh, it was a black stack a beer. I think it was what eight and a half or something like that. So I know you were alluding to the fact that I was, uh, being loud and the episode went off the rails, but <laughs> you know, time. that's, it was, a, it was, if there is any episode that it's called for to go completely off the rails, I don't, yes. if, if it's, if it's not a cheeses episode, then I don't, then I don't right. know what is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there are any special powers, uh, in, in that beer that make me, mm-hmm. that amp me up and make me even louder, but superpowers <laughs> you've been given. Yeah, it, superpowers? it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, the beer was loaded with bacon bits and jalapenos. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. I mean, we don't eat bacon, but I feel like whatever, uh, <laughs> bacon, chemical they could put into beer i would drink you know there's i've had or at least let me just rephrase that i've had a sip of a friend's it's like a it's like a smoked german yeah. kind of beer that tastes like liquid bacon and it's mm. truly one of the most horrific things <laughs> i have yeah. ever, ever tasted in, in terms of a beer um, i i love yeah. a smoky beer um but as we know eat too much, drink too many bacon beers and your left arm will just start tingling and you'll, you'll <laughs> die in the middle of that beer. So <laughs> that's true. Heed that Scott's true. warning. Yeah. It's that song is a public service announcement. If it's, if it's anything. Um, so thank you, Meg for your voicemail. Thank you everybody for your voicemails. You know, there's something I, I didn't really address that I want to get back to quickly for Lee's uh, voicemail. You know, he he had talked about one of the things that he, he way the way he listens to podcasts. You know that he feels this connection to the podcast hosts because they you you spend time with the, these people and you, they right. and especially people like us who are 
we're, we're not brief. And so we share a lot about our experiences in our life. And so many of our segments are based around you know, sharing more about ourselves, like the five or joy boys or whatever. And so we just talk and talk and talk. And, you know, some people historically have said, Oh gosh, these guys talk forever. Who cares? Shut up, get to the music. And, but for some listeners, like this is, this is the stuff, this is the stuff I love to hear. I love that people are like, Oh man, that's, that's cool. I had this experience too, or I feel connected to, to Andrew and John. I think that's great. And I really, I really appreciate that. And, um, it's exactly the kind of stuff that I appreciate too. So, um, yeah. thank you, Lee. I really appreciate that affirmation. hundred percent. I also wanted to call attention to the meme that Danny Leary created not long <laughs> after that episode. Where it was yeah. like, our podcast is three hours long, um, but we want you to leave a voicemail shorter than three minutes. Or I don't know. It was one of those like, you know, faces yeah. reacting to things. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. explaining it well, but you get the gist. No, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, it's a popular meme template right now that I'm right, right. unfamiliar with the origins of. Yes. But. He shares so many things that are like, I can tell this is a riff on something, but I'm not plugged in enough to like the meme world to understand uh, the reference. But his, yeah. his larger point about us hosting a, a very long podcast and asking people to leave very short messages is, <laughs> is received. Um, you know, speaking. Hey, but, no, but before you, we move on to that next part, John, <laughs> yes, because yes. We, what, what is it that, what is it that we, we say that you say at the beginning of every single podcast? Um, I'm John. <laughs> I don't Before know what I say. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, this is about us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is this is a podcast about us. Danny Leary, go start your own podcast. Yeah. Wait. Uh, subscribe to it too. Um, S- subscribe to Sadie Hawkins Pod and <laughs> the other podcasts that Danny and I have talked about um, mm. starting. Yes. And that you've talked about starting. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're starting a whole channel. <laughs> we're um, we're starting we're gonna start a whole podcast network of just <laughs> us and Danny. <laughs> <laughs> we could. Don't doubt us. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, speaking of uh this podcast being about us and uh doing segments uh, like the five and Joy Boys, uh, as you mentioned, today, uh over on the Patreon, you can mm. get our post game bonus episode. We're talking about uh Joy Boys. We're talking about stuff that's bringing us some joy right now. <laughs> so if you're interested in hearing that and you're not a supporter yet, head over to patreon.com slash magnified pod and check it out. Boom. All right. Have um, we wasted everyone's time enough? Uh, I think if uh, fast feeling is any indication, we, <laughs> are, we are wasting time. Ooh, yeah. Nailed it. Uh, nailed it. S- song title. That's the joke. I think we should move into our conversation with Leonor. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it. John, today, back on the pod. That's right. Leonor Ortega Till. Back (laughs) on Magnified Pod. Yay! Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Good to see you guys. Hi. Great to see you. Uh, So this this interview is going to be a little different as, as discussed that, you know, we're we we brought up fast feeling a little bit in our last interview with you and how we were both talking about how into it we are and sort of being like, 
I don't know, just saying, like, maybe you want to, like, play some live shows with the band or whatever <laughs> sometime in the future. But, um, uh, mm. but we, yeah, so this interview is mostly going to be um, for those listening. If you want to mm-hmm. go back and listen to our uh, wider ranging conversation with uh, Leonore, you can go back to that original interview. But this one's going to be more focusing on on the fast feeling. So thank you for taking the time to do that. Yeah, it's very cool because this is probably the first podcast I've ever done about the fast feeling. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> wow! Really? Yeah, probably. Just only, yes. just only focusing on the, like the fast feeling, or yeah, you, yeah. Even when so. the album came out, you didn't do. Did you do like press or anything for for? Not really. It was one of those things where I mean, we're we're proud of it, and it did really well. We we reached our goals in the Kickstarter, and we put out the album. But it's really hard to keep momentum going when a lot of our energy is constantly being like really promote this next Five Iron show because. Right. You have to, you can't just bombard people with so much. So there was always this awkwardness of like, we're doing this thing and we're really proud of it and it's awesome, but we also have to keep the sales going for the shows, the five iron shows. So yeah. it's kind of like you, you don't want to just, the, you don't want to just take away from that audience. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I will say, I know we talked about this last time, but at some point in life, I would love to see these <laughs> songs live somehow. Uh, I don't know what, you know, maybe there's like a mini fast feeling opening set before a five iron show. <laughs> I know that my, it would be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. My dream would be, so my dream would be a costume party, like a master oh, deed, like, in yes. like, a, like a 300 max venue mm. with basically it would just be dance club and yes. it would be rocking our album and nobody would be performing we would just be dancing and there'd be lights and bubble machines and uh, everybody dressed up and like yes. i just want to party i don't care like honestly that would be the listening party i don't care about a performance um and there's several reasons for that we can talk about but i just think to celebrate these songs would be so fun oh man that already sounds amazing but in the middle of <laughs> quarantine it sounds like the best thing i've ever heard <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everybody wears a mask anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll all That's dance great. in our little circles. Yeah, mask. You know, especially if it's like a bubble or or foam party, just put a like, just put a bunch of like hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. in it. <laughs> you know, it's just everybody sanitized as they're dancing. It's all it's all great. Well, yeah. there was always that dilemma because for the fast feeling, it started when. Okay, so here's how it came to be, which is really weird. It was random. It was just like a normal day, sitting on the couch, not doing much, didn't have a lot of work that day. And we had written a lot of songs. Scott had written a lot of songs, a lot of songs. He's very (laughs) prolific. And so he had kind of bombarded the Five Iron People's emails with a lot of like rough drafts, basically. And Reese had come back with Rad Not Rad. Um, commentary and wrote rad, not rad, and rad, not rad. <laughs> and, um, and the songs had just sat there for a long time. I don't even know how long, but months, definitely. And so one day I was just looking at, you know, some of the songs. And one thing that I do for Five Iron is sometimes I write lyrics, but sometimes I just write melodies. Like I'll just sing gibberish and send it to Therese and see if it inspires him. And if even if it doesn't stay and inspire him, sometimes it just adds a little fire under his butt to be like, you can do better, do something with the song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that day I was on voice memo, writing some lyrics and melodies over these not rad songs. And I sent <laughs> some to Scott and he liked them. He was like, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And it was a weird vibe because he does tech work. So he, you know, does IT. And 
normally he doesn't respond right away, but for some reason he must've been on his phone or something because he was texting back immediately. And that just got me going more because I'd be like, what do you think of this? And he's like, kind of like what you're doing in the verses, but you got the chorus in the wrong place or whatever. So he was like immediately, you know, responding. And so that whole day by 5 p.m., I got him saying, you can actually kind of sing. Maybe you should come over and track on some of these songs. Mm-hmm. And that is how it started. Well, I'm very grateful that he made that call because we stand some Leonore vocals on this pod. <laughs> big, and big, big time. Yeah. So, so, have, so have you not really done much singing in front of the rest of the band up like no. for, for decades? Like you've no. not really, they've not really heard, heard your pipes. No, the only time I sing is in church. Like I would, my husband and I would do Kumbaya worship, which is basically old hymns, yeah. um, guitar. And I love singing the hymns and I, I can sing. Okay. Put it that way. Like I'm, I'm probably like a C like I'm not, and I, by that, I mean like, you know, grade level. I'm not very good. It's not horrific, but I certainly my voice has never been an instrument to me. I've never had any training. I don't know how to do it, but with Scott, and Matt later, but with Scott even just tweaking and auto-tune and helping me and getting the right take and with all the instrumentation, you can make someone who's a C singer sound pretty good these days. When you were, first of all, I think your vocals sound better than a C singer on the record. Um, (laughs) But when you were coming up with these songs to do vocal melodies over, like were you imagining this sort of synth wavy vibe or did it just kind of build into that? For whatever reason, good or bad, um, when I'm writing lyrics, even for Reese for the new album, when I'm writing some ideas, it tends to sound synthy and 80s. And that's probably because that's where a lot of my inspiration from music came from, like Mm. Goldie, or I mean, Blondie, um, Blondie and Pat Benatar and just um, Duran Duran, just that kind of vibe. And it's kind of easy to do repetitive, just honestly, these are the kind of, melodies that come simple it sounds like they're already written right like when you listen Mm. to the fast feeling it's not math rock it's not out of the box it's like simple it should be simple and almost like pop yeah and so when i'm singing it's usually the lowest common denominator piece it's like duh that's you know and in fact for the fast feeling a lot of the main phrases and lyrics remained we tweaked a lot of things but a lot of them are from that first those first memo things that i sent it Was it like, I mean, how did you decide which songs you do melodies over? Was it just kind of going through the ones that hadn't gone anywhere and choosing the ones that you liked? Or was it like a particular vibe that you felt that you could do something with in this new kind of style? Um, Well, they were definitely fire and songs in the beginning. And then Scott, with his instrumentation and with the keyboards, tweaked them to be a new style because he was interested in this equipment and these sounds. But that's the sad thing was, you can't really perform these live because what he made was so many layers, so many synth layers, how many guitars, it didn't matter because we're making an album, we're excited. How many layers of my voice, of Scott's voice. Um, Sometimes Andy Verdecchio played drums. Sometimes we had electronic drums. And so he Mm -hmm. knew going into it, these are not live songs. Like we could play Mm -hmm. to a track every single album, but these are more, um, yeah, they're definitely synth and they're, you know, just, just for an album. Right. Did you ever have it as a plan to play any shows? No, that was I, never I don't in really the, yeah. think so. No, okay. like, um, it would have been cool, but 
we had this conversation once and I'm not mad at Scott about it, but we're very different people <laughs> to where I said, dude, it'd be so rad to start being like a local band in Denver. And he's like, he didn't mean this bad. He's like, I don't want to play on a Thursday night to all my best friends in Denver. And I was like, you have no concept of the caliber of musicianship in Denver on any given Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, from 10 mm. to 2, that's where you got the Lumineers. That's where you got Nathaniel mm. Ritliff and the Night Sweats. The yeah. phrase yeah. started out there. I mean, Flowbots, the musicianship in Denver on a random night in a random bar is good. Yeah. But it's a, it's a hard sell for him also to do all that work and revamp it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that it wouldn't, it would be difficult to translate it without a ton of gear and synths and, and programming. And then and he said to me, and he was honest, he wasn't, you know, cold about it. He said, okay do you want to take some lessons and make this your life? Like you're in your, you know, you're just starting to be in your forties. You can become a singer, mm. but you're going to have to try really hard and the chances of making it. And I, and I thought about that too, like having kids and having five iron and doing ministry and all these different things I do. I was like, do I want to invest a lot of time? And so I did do a couple of voice lessons and then I was like, you know, it, it's, it's apples to oranges. I love five iron and I love performing and it would have been fun, but it's kind of like, I'm happy with having a really good album. Yeah, totally. Is So with something like, so this was obviously after Five Iron had come back and and that would be the, I would assume be the main focus uh, of, of your, of your time and energy. But so I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, you know, you said something like Scott said something about making it and, <laughs> was so I'm like is it would that have been the goal though like would the goal yeah. be to for these particular songs to launch start something else and launch you into some sort of secondary kind no. of career of no. so like it, it almost think, sounded like yeah. you, you it was like it was coming out of a place of like this would be fun not necessarily because you're like let's launch something brand new and get a, you know, a second wind in my music career or something no, like that. No, nobody, nobody wanted to do that, but it would be fun to reach an audience bigger than the five iron audience. And I don't right. know if we did, we probably got some crossover from Matt being in the band, but uh, the weird thing was, so five iron was playing a lot of shows back in that day. And after um, the Kickstarter successfully launched, we were doing shows and I remember going to Los Angeles and we were playing five iron shows and I went to the beach with some friends and we went to this woman's house to go pick her up to come to the beach. We walk into her house and it's blaring the fast feeling. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is weird. And then a couple of days later, same thing. Someone's in the car and it comes on on their car and they're like embarrassed. And they're like, sorry, this is so good. And I was like, this is cool. Like five iron fans were enjoying it. And yeah. Real, for the first in a while, people were just rocking it out and it had a different vibe. Yeah. It's, it, it's the perfect sort of like night driving, uh, mm -hmm. subgenre. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I love the vibe right. of, I have a mix in particular that I call night driving that I've just like, it's kind of these synthy late night, like windows down and this entire record just like fits that vibe perfectly. But you can tell that that's what I'm going for in the lyrics, right? Especially yeah. like, you know, the lyrics are, that's exactly the vibe. The whole vibe is girls getting ready, put your makeup on, we're going out tonight. Like this is going to be fun. It's nonsensical. It's peaceful. It's celebratory. That is what this album was, which is so different from every single thing we've done in Five Iron. 
So yeah. it was, it was uh, euphoric to just mm. say things that you didn't have to back up. <laughs> it was right. nice. Yeah. 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 yeah could so you... let me, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, John. No, I was just like along those lines and maybe you're going to ask something similar, Andrew, but like, you know, we talked about in the last interview that like Andy wrote a lot of the lyrics, but you've said, and Scott has said that like, this was the most collaborative band you've ever been a part of. Like, could you kind of talk about how did, how was it collaborative? How did the lyrics come to be? As you're saying, like, was there a particular kind of um, style that you wanted to capture when you approached the lyrics? Like, what was that process? I was kind of blindsided because I thought when I was creating these lyrics that it was almost for me the first time to get yeses on all the songs that I had through the years um, offered up to Five Iron, but been told no. Like for instance, so far, I had had lyrics to those. They got shot down because li- Reese's are better. And I agree. I absolutely agree. His lyrics for the most part are almost always better. Um, but there was something in me that always wanted to use my voice too. And it's a feminine mm-hmm. voice. It is a different voice and it is always hard. It's always hard to explain that I'm not trying to be weak. I'm not trying to be overly positive or flowery. It's just a different perspective. And so it's been a challenge. Um, and so when I, when we started this band, I thought, you know, kind of puffed up, Oh, here's my lyrics. Here's my submissions here. Not only is my submission, but here is my um, contribution to music Mm -hmm. and it will be accepted. (laughs) And then when Andy joined the band and I was thrilled that he did, because at first I thought he wasn't going to like it. Like my singing, I was kind of like, Oh man, he's not gonna like this. And then when he said he wanted to be in it, I was like, Oh, that's intimidating. First of all, second of all, then I started getting kind of like, kind of protective of my lyrics like oh man Hmm. i have demoitis i really liked what i said i really liked what i sang and then by the last day in the fast feeling matt had flown out he had been recording me producing my voice we would all be sitting in a hot room going over every single lyric from every Hmm. a to the to uh to until to and even to the point where in Songbird, which is like a romantic, kind of sexy song. Love that song. Yeah, we are into that song. Well, here's the thing. It was supposed to be that they come together. And Andy said, nope, they don't get together. They're apart. Hmm. I was like, what? They're not apart. They're together. <laughs> That's a romantic song, dude. And he's like, they don't end up together. I was like, God, dude. <laughs> That's interesting. I took yeah, it as kind right? of like a, a melancholy love song. But maybe it well, was it, more It from, ended up being. Right, it ended up yeah. being. And so... That song ended up being about a couple breaking up, fall back, ended up being about heaven and the the ever after. Mm. Um, A lot of songs just ended up kind of having meanings where before they really didn't. And so it Mm. was, but it was beautiful because, and the reason I wanted to do that was similarly, Andy had not had an opportunity to use his voice either. And he's an author and he has a lot to say. And so by the time we got to certain songs, it was like, no, we need to change this for all of us because we don't um, don't get to do that this often. You know, this is not something that's normal for us. So let's just do it. Let's just change things. And it, it was pretty. It was it was a pretty humble process for me to say, "All right, change it all, and we'll agree as a consensus." And I want to be part of this and do this. Right. We've um, we. We were talking, um, we, we talked about the lyrics in our, uh, 
the album portion of this of this episode um and we we've had a hard time finding uh copies of the lyrics for all the songs um i should write them out i keep meaning to but i haven't (laughs) yeah i because we because normally we're like john and i talked about how like we normally would pour over all the lyrics of Mm -hmm. and and so we were like trying to um kind of get it so it's nice to get a a a a better sense of of how you did the not only how you did the lyrics but like some some of the meanings behind Mm -hmm. um some of the songs that we weren't um and you know we you talked about the uh sort of the getting ready songs that that you had mentioned like um I think what the, I guess I think of the song dangerous that that sort of song where I think about like you know you just you get the fuck out of my way because yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. just that sort of like I I if that song is it's it's in my well I don't this is gonna be before that <laughs> I just I just love that song I love that song a lot oh, and cool. so could you could you could you say something about about yeah. your your thoughts on that song or what you were trying to say in that in that song? That was a song that Matt had written the lyrics to. Okay. And when he sent it out, he kind of had it different. It was like you're dangerous, but it was like doing mundane things throughout the day, and then also saying you're dangerous. Like, and uh, I think Andy started to revamp it a bit. And there was this weird juxtaposition of how cute my voice is, how innocent my voice is, how almost. Uh, innocent my voice is but then using these lyrics is saying you might just push me too far it's this weird juxtaposition Mm. with my voice of like yeah that's you don't usually hear that it almost reminds Mm -hmm. me of that chick what's that movie it's almost too brutal for me to see but where the oh Chappie oh that movie (laughs) yeah you remember that movie that South African movie where that like robot she's like a super cute little voice, little banged kind of cutesy girl, but she's all tatted up and tough and talks like a sailor. It's that kind of concept. Like people don't expect a cutesy sounding girl or woman to be a strong person. And so I love that message. And, and it also was for me, it was like, um, that's the first song I sang the word baby in. And Scott was like, you can do it. You can sing baby. And I was like, I don't think I can. I'm this, I'm kind of sheltered Christian woman. Like I can sing baby with conviction. I have to really own it. If I'm going to do baby, I got to do baby. Right. And he's like, don't overthink it. And I'm like, I'm overthinking it already. (laughs) It can either be a good word or it can be a cheesy word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. (laughs) No, the, um, yeah, I think you're talking about, um, Yolandi, she's from the band yeah, the yeah. Antword, um, yeah. who also really captures that sort of like I mean they're mm-hmm. out there, but that sort of like synthy yeah. uh, female vocal vibe mm-hmm. that I that I really into. I was going to ask like, so what you're talking about? You have the the cute sounding voice, but pushing it and stuff. Like, what was the development of your sort of vocal process for the record? Did you what did mm-hmm. you do to kind of work up to where you were leading vocals for a whole record? It was a big challenge because Scott did not have the vocabulary or experience to produce a vocalist, let alone a female vocalist. Hmm. And I was not a female vocalist yet. So it was interesting because we'd be, you know, trial and error, trial and error, and trial and error. And finally I'd be like, I started making characters. I'd be like, okay, do you want the cheerleader girl or do you want the tough Hispanic lady? Or do you want like the in charge mom? Or do you want the, cause I feel like, even when you listen to it, there's different takes where like in the beginning of um, 
of, let's see, when the night has fallen, that part, right? Yeah. That's like ballsy and I'm singing from the back of my throat with authority, like, right? Mm. That voice is not going to be the same wispy voice as other ones. So right. we started almost to develop character names for these different women. And he'd be like, I want you to sing it like innocent. Or I want you to sing it tough. Or I want you to sing it sad. Or I want you to... And then when Matt came in towards the end and started recording me, it was so different because he is a producer. Mm-hmm. And one trick he taught me was for certain songs, physically smile while you sing and it will sound different. And well, I didn't yeah. know that. So it took it to another level when he could direct me in a way that was very different. And I'd never had, you know, any training. So it was really fun. Yeah. That's so, I mean, we talked about this a little in, in your first interview, but you know, we took, you took those songs that were sort of five iron orphaned songs. And then Matt got involved through what was originally like pool party death machine. Right. Which was like Reese and Matt and Scott. Um, But then they left and some of those songs then became fast feeling, right? Is that kind of the evolution of how that worked? Like there's any pool parties. Well, maybe there was, maybe there was one, but I don't, I don't really know because I wasn't part of that project. Right. I do know that Matt and Scott loved writing music together. Yeah. They really hit it off. They, um, they became good friends. And one of the things that they did that I was very jealous of was in the end, Scott flew to go visit Matt and they did the final edits together. And I was very jealous because I wanted to be a part of what stayed, what didn't, which take, which there were some editing changes that I wish didn't happen, which is not a big deal. Again, it comes down to whatever's best for the song. Sure. Um, But I was kind of jealous of their friendship because they'd call me, they'd be laughing and cracking up and like doing the town in the South where, you know, People are very different. <laughs> I was just jealous of Scott going out there and kind of also, um, I think being part of a songwriter is you, you feel you own something and you don't, you really don't own anything. And so it's hard mm. to share. Sure. Yeah. Was there anything about the way that you guys, I mean, I, yeah, I recognize that there's like difficulties in, in aspects like that where maybe you don't get to be involved in all the ways that you want it to be, but like, as far as the collaborative process or how it was different for you on this record, is there anything that you kind of took from that that you then applied to how five iron would do things going forward? Or was that just sort of a separate beast? It's something I wish we had more of, but especially right now with COVID and how we have to record um, it's unfortunate. The the best collaboration comes when you can be face to face. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing compares. You can, you know, zoom all you want. You can send recordings. You can email your thoughts, but until you have that, that in the same room, trial yeah. and error, play it, sing it right now, change it. You don't have the, you don't have the editing tools, which come from respect, which come from kindness, which come from love of the person right next to you. Um, having a few drinks, just the camaraderie that happens from being in the same room. Yeah. And so I think that that was one of the fun, the most fun parts of being in the fast feeling was that, and we were doing that at the same time that we would put out the Kickstarter. So we would hit refresh after doing stupid videos and seeing, <laughs> yeah, we were making some money here. It was cool. People cared. And that gets you even more pumped. And then you go back into the studio same day and work hard. That's a cool energy. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. What is I, the song I, that we have? Um, I'm sorry. I have to ask you. What is the yeah. name of this is bad? What is the name of the song 
Uh, it's very, very techno. It sounds like you're dancing underwater. Someday you'll find what you're thinking. What is the name of that one? You know it? Sunnydale? Yeah. yeah so yeah. that one, the only reason I ask is because the name has nothing to do with the song. That song is about the ebb and flow of faith. Uh-huh. The ebb and flow of, you know, he talk, we talk about um, my, my, my youthful years were wasted, basically proclaiming these beliefs. And later I found out that it's better not to always be right but to have some humility and trust that you don't know. Hmm. And that was just supposed to be a fun techno song. And then we all started working and sharing our thoughts. And it was like, this is on a new level now. Yeah. And I, I love how that song came out because it's one of those ones again, that at the beginning I feel very uncomfortable with, like I hate just offering a song that is a big question mark, but that's the reality of life. And so it felt good to do it. Yeah. Well, it makes me think about um, one of those that that band that you said that you worked with that they were a little bit more conservative and they had all of these views that you were like and you started pushing back on mm. on on them like the, their yeah. level of certainty that they that they they weren't re- really reflective and I'm just thinking like I don't know maybe it like not every song needs to have that does yeah. need to have that clarity. Like, I don't know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I listen to a song and, uh, and I'm like, I don't know what this necessarily means, but <laughs> like the way the, the way the, the words sound, the percussive nature of words or, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Like sometimes, sometimes it doesn't need to have a deeper meaning. Like, like you just said, Sunnydale means it doesn't mean anything. It's like, but that's still, it's right. still a great, still a great song title. Like, um, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's benefits to, to both. Like well, having there's some, a, yeah. yeah, there's a word I always use and that word is cryptic. And that comes mm-hmm. from bad religion being my favorite band, like bad religion. Mm-hmm. Half the songs you're going to know what they're about and half the songs you're not at all. And I love that. I love that there's certain things where you're like, it could be about this. It could be about that. I like that. I don't know because then I get to interpret it. And that's one of the things that I like about the fast feeling was there were songs in between that are like, what the heck is she talking about? And that's very eighties, yeah. like Duran Duran. Yeah. And they even asked them and they're like, well, we're high as a kite. When we wrote our number <laughs> one song. We don't know what it means. And I can identify yeah. with just saying this lyric fits here. I don't know what it means, but we're leaving it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the first time I heard the song generator by bad mm-hmm. religion, I'm like, right. I don't know what any of this means, but the scene and the way he's describing things, I'm like, this set this, there's a knife, uh, you know, by the, on the floor. Like, I don't what, what? are you, I don't know what he's talking about, but like, it's just, it sounds, it sounds cool. I'll leave it, yeah. leave it to Greg. You know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. It's good. I forget which song you said you were like kind of trying to channel the bad religion energy on, on a five iron song that you like approached lyrically. Um, I forget now. I think it was one of like the early it was, records. It might've been all that is good. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is that you were just like really trying to go for that vibe. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. Was there, I mean, you know, you're kind of looking back on how you approach some of these songs and maybe the different, the different approaches that you all had to some of this, like, more serious themes. Like I'm just thinking about the fact that, and I don't want to speak for any of the other guys where they're at, but I think all three of those guys kind of like came from someplace with their faith and then left that place. And when you were approaching some of these songs that like touched on faith, was that Mm -hmm. 
trickier? Was that a collaborative process or like, how did you kind of treat that within this group? Well, it was more of a balance. I mean, Matt and I have more in common. I would say Matt still believes a lot similarly to I, like I do. And then we have Andy and Scott who believe very differently, but are no less my brothers, absolutely through and through. And so it does come with a level of respect. And again, this band didn't have an agenda. It's one Mm -hmm. thing to say, I want to use my capital V voice. And I talk about this a lot, the idea of like this pressure um, to change the world, to make it a better place, to make informed voters in a society that we want. The fast Mm -hmm. feeling is not that. The fast (laughs) feeling is uh, the celebration of life. But it's not brainless. It's a lot like you talked about, you know, nighttime drive music. And there's a need for that. Like we, you know, you've probably seen the movie Drive, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. So that's kind of the concept too, is like you go into your own mind meditatively. And if we don't offer you a space to meditate and to be clear and to be happy and to be just at peace and feel like you're going to have an amazing night out with your friends and even to feel sexy, this music, there's a lot of sexiness to it. And there's, there's um, just a, a beautiful vibe. Like we could be in Tokyo that night. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we wanted to, uh, just explore something that's very different and it felt very fun to just put that out there. And I, I was really proud of it. Like I'm very proud of how the songs came to be, even just the weirdness. Um, the one song that is the exception to all this, as we talk about it is, is factions. And because that song does have a political spin. Right. And not only did the song have a political spin, uh, Matt wrote all those lyrics and the melody, but the person that we asked to make the lyric video for it is Peter Rollo. Mm-hmm. and he has a lot of strong beliefs and he ran with it. He didn't charge us any money. He just said, let me put my spin on this. It's going to be brutal, but I have a message to share visually. And I don't know if you saw that video, but it's pretty, yeah. pretty intense. And so I, I kind of warn people if they have kids, I'm like, this is a hard video to see, but mm-hmm. I think that it's important also for our times that we recognize that there is always a spin on everything that we see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, are there songs in particular that when you look at the record, you're particularly proud of, or are they your favorites? Oh man, all, all of them. I guess Sunnydale is yeah. the one where I say I'm proud that we stuck it out and worked. That one took hours to come mm. to agreement on, mm. um, on what it was going to be. And then the other one I guess would be um, Songbird because I do hear the vulnerability in my own voice and it's weird mm. to hear that. It's like, Okay, that's a bit much, but um, <laughs> but I'm proud to have been able to go there emotionally. And that was, I think that people like it. It's really weirds me out that a lot of the most like the beefiest dudes that are like, I really like fast feeling. I'm like, yeah, what song? They're like, Songbird's sick. I'm like, yeah, you like Songbird. It's like, it, like you listen to it in your headphones, getting all dreamy, like kind of like yeah. a lot of dudes like Taylor Swift. It's like an escapism, right? Yeah. And it's not a bad thing, but I think it's a, an interesting no. thing because I've never been that girl, you know? Right. So I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm not just screaming when I go out. I'm actually giving you something pretty. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. Kind of, that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, we when we talked about that song, we specifically mentioned Taylor. <laughs> and, oh, you know, it's kind of like Here's achieving the same. Yeah, like that's kind of like the chill out vibe song of that record. And then Taylor Swift has this new kind of full chill out <laughs> album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of what I told Andrew. Like I didn't necessarily expect when I was, you know, before we kind of like did a deep dive into the record that I would name Songbird as being, so it's my number two out of my top three songs, whatever. I just Mm. gave that away. Uh, (laughs) But like, 
I wouldn't have necessarily expected that, but yeah, I think like you said, I, it's not like this huge banger song, but I love the kind of, uh, I don't know, fragility of it. And it's like this, I love the melody. It's very kind of like, it's slower, but it, it, it achieves something that I feel like the other songs don't in a way it's like unique among them. So anyway, count me among the, yeah. It's also really weird to write a song like that because Scott sends me this thing and it's like, ar, 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 ar. it's like a robot <laughs> like coming to life. And I'm like, how do you write on that song? That? But mm. we did, we did. We worked with it and it became really beautiful. But it's one of those ones where you first hear the sound and you're like, I don't hear a song in that. Mm. But when you push, you will. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, John, I believe you used the word undulation I think it was the word that's just sort of like this sort of I don't know sort of that that sort of sound I think that you were trying to to just try to name what it is where it's like the Mm -hmm. kind of sound that comes in and out and kind of goes up and down Mm -hmm. I was like I don't know undulating sure (laughs) the undulation (laughs) that's Uh what I like about Sunnydale there's a part where it like drops and it's the same beat loud but it reminds you of like Maybe you're a little buzzed or maybe you're like underwater. I don't know, but like everything's off. Yeah. It's usually that scene in a movie where someone's like been, you know, oh no, they put drugs in my drink and they're like zoning around. <laughs> and then all of a sudden everything just comes into clarity. It's that part where I'm like, what? So yeah, cool. totally. Yeah. I think the first time listening through it, you're just like, oh, this is suddenly like fully a dance track. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it. a hard turn. Yeah. I love it too. Love it. Um, I know that at one point you said that like, you thought that there was enough material for B-sides or an EP? Like, did anything ever happen with any of that conversation? it it did not, but there are a couple other songs that we wrote, and I recently showed Scott one of those ones. I was like, we never released this one. It's good. And he's like, actually, it's really good. I forgot. And so why don't I send it to you guys, and we can start sharing it? Because we should share it. It's really good. It's got Andy's drums on it. It's killer. Oh, yes. And the name of it is uh, Race. And it says there is no race to be run, no race Mm. to run. And it's about race, like racism. And this Mm. is Mm. what I wrote about. There's no race to run. um, And it's about like how we don't have to fight. We should just, it's not about being chill necessarily, but it was just about that concept. And again, it's vague and weird and artistic, but cryptic, but that's kind of what it's about. That's awesome. Yeah, I would love that. I'm trying to think of like, all right, can this be for uh, backers of the next Five Iron Record? How do we give this as a reward to people <laughs> you here? You can't mix them. Can't mix them. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Just okay. To, well, this is going to be the, the, the grassroots uh, getting at the campaign for the second Fast Feeling Record. I think that's what this yeah. will be. <laughs> it's, just, it's actually just an enjoyment. Like, oh, yeah, we haven't heard that. Maybe if we hear this song, we'll like it. <laughs> yeah, man, I would love to hear it. The other funny thing is, so you know that song, um, the song about wasting time? Yes. Yeah. Scott had written that song, and Matt and I were listening to it, and at first it wasn't really moving me. I was like, it's cool, but it's very cheesy, very cheesy. I look in your eyes, you look in my eyes, and I felt really weird, like, me and Scott are going to be singing this. is weird. <laughs> then, but then he said it was about his kids. Aww, that's and cool. I was like, oh, dude, this like totally just changed the whole song. I was like, this is so cool. So that's, that's another great. one that I'm just like, you might, if you don't know what it's about, it just you can kind of change the opinion of it. Yeah, we were sort of wondering on the yeah. pod together what I, we thought it was about. I, I, yeah, I was, I was wildly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, there's not a lot of romance on the album. Oh, well. Hmm, that's interesting. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 
I love the sound of you and Scott together in particular. I feel like the times when your voices like harmonize or even are singing the same, you know, mm-hmm. we were kind of talking about earlier, Andrew, that like they don't even have to harmonize. They can be singing the same notes an octave apart and they still sound great together. So mm-hmm. I really like that vibe on this record. Um, well, you've been very generous with your time multiple times for us. Yes, is there yes. other, <laughs> is there other stuff that you want to make sure we talk about in regards to fast feeling or five iron or anything else? I mean, we did make some vinyl and the vinyl sounds amazing and there are some CDs. And so if people would want to buy any, they can go to Bandcamp, check out the vinyl, check out the CDs. Also, they could just download, pay for and download the album digitally if they want to do that. Uh, they could even just buy whatever song they want. So that's kind of cool. They're still there. We still have things available. I really would appreciate people buying it because, you know, it's, it's, it's few and far between that we get the opportunity to talk about this. So it's something I'm proud about. Yeah, you should be. Everybody go support them, thefastfeeling.bandcamp.com. Uh, subscribe to Two Punk to Be a Hippie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we, have, uh, we have one more thing, though, John. Oh, yes. How could I forget? How could you forget? So, Leonor, I feel like I have done you a disservice. Um, maybe you won't feel that way, but I feel like I have. So, of all of the interviews that we've done, I... You are the one person that I haven't given a quiz to. <gasps> I don't um, even know about this. I'm scared. <laughs> so, so I have given, I've done all sorts of games and quizzes. Um, which is doper <laughs> with Reese Roper. Which is doper with Reese Roper. Which uh. do you like, uh, Mortega with Micah Ortega? <laughs> and <laughs> I've done, I've done a variety of, uh, of things. And so I wanted to do a a quiz of sorts um where i ask you questions related to (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know maybe maybe you won't be maybe you won't be into this but i (laughs) south South american foul birds (laughs) sure nope nope this is a so it's uh, a quiz that i'm calling fast answers and fast feelings i'm ready so this So this is a quiz about things related to speed. Oh. um, (laughs) So um, (laughs) this is this is things that are related. Okay, I got it. I got it, Andrew. Drugs I tried once in seventh grade. (laughs) Wow, hardcore. That is that is that is correct. Okay. Okay. So this the first question. Okay. Um, The Fast and Furious franchise. Have you seen any of those movies? Probably not, but maybe. Okay, that, good, because it doesn't have anything to do it's with it. It's about cars. It's about cars. <laughs> Fast and Furious franchise has grossed close to $6 billion worldwide at the box office. But before there was Hobbs and Shaw, there was Joel and Garda. In 1939, MGM released a movie called Fast and Furious. What is the plot of this non-Dwayne Johnson-based film? Oh, this is easy. There's a jewelry heist happening in Italy and they have to go from Italy to Belgium to get the jewels. And there's a hot chick that's going to, she's, she's in on it, but she's basically just messing up the whole thing. They should get the jewels and get them onto Belgium. Is that real? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is, it is not. I can, I have, I have options for you if you want to. Damn it. Okay. Okay. That sounded, I think you should write that screenplay though. Yeah. So, okay, is it A, wrongly accused cops? This is actually kind of close to what you just said. A wrongly accused cop needs the help of a jewel thief to clear his name. What? Is it A, is it a 
Detective Detective Rare Booksellers investigate a murder at a beauty pageant. Is it C, sibling mechanics help law enforcement find a kidnapped actress? Or D, two lovers on their honeymoon are trapped on a cross-country train with two rival gangs? Unfortunately, it is about A. It is... Jewelry heist. It is is a B, detective rare Mm. booksellers investigate a murder at a beauty pageant. That's amazing. which is a very bizarre plot, but a an actual thing. So uh, Sandra Bullock uh, in it. Sandra Bullock, <laughs> Miss Congeniality. Pretty much. Um, so next question: There are numerous world records for speed, but no one cares how fast you can run or climb. That doesn't matter. How fast is the world's fastest motorized toilet? <laughs> an actual world record, by the way. Okay. Is it over 30 miles per hour, over 50 miles per hour, over 70 miles per hour, or over 100 miles per hour? I have a question. Is this an African or European toilet? Oh. Uh, this is, this was in Europe. Okay. How does that, <laughs> that help? That helps, that, that, that helps you. I was thinking of the laden swallow. What is that one? Okay. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yes. Um... B. B, over 50 miles per hour? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually C, over 70 mm-hmm. miles per hour. This And these were 18-year-old high school students who achieved this world record. And the toilet, at the end of the attempt, uh, flushed. That was part. That was part of the requirement that it needed to be a functioning toilet. So a 70-mile-per-hour okay. t- toilet that could actually flush. I don't even understand. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, so not all world records uh, for toilets are about driving them. Um, what about breaking them? What is the world record for the most toilet seats broken <laughs> by the head? Okay. It, um, is it 31, 46, 52, or 55 toilet seats? I happen to know that my father-in-law smacks the toilet seat really loud in the middle of the night. We had to have a little mm. conversation about this. <laughs> mm. I would say D. It's um, it is forty-six for wooden <clears throat> toilet seats broken with a head in a minute. Um, by none other than okay, an American. Okay, okay, okay. It's an I have American. A yeah. So when you're saying head, you're saying his his head. His head. He's breaking I the toilet seat. I thought you were seat. referring to the toilet as the head, because guys head. say it got the hit the head, right? Right, right. Oh. I was confused. I'm sorry. I was imagining, I like, mishaps where somebody would fall backwards and break a toilet with their head, but no, this is like no. a karate-style cup. No, he's karate-chopping a toilet seat with his face, and he did 46 of them in a minute. Oh, man. Oh. USA! USA! <laughs> wow. Um, moving on. Um, White Castle. Yeah. Um... <laughs> it's credited with being the first fast food hamburger chain in the United States, founded in 1921. Coming up on 100 years, guys. Uh, the success of White Castle created a variety of imitators that caused customer okay. confusion due to the similar names. Which of these was not an actual White Castle imitator? Okay. Castle Blanca, White Fortress, Blue Castle, or Burger Villa? Burger Villa. Burger Villa. You're correct. That is yeah. not That is not one of the names. But um, some of the others... So basically what a lot of these places did, they just replaced the word castle. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, yeah. white, ca- white Cabin 
white yeah. dome, yeah. white house one place used. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't see myself rolling up to a uh, white turret and picking up a hamburger. You know, Reese likes that. He likes White Castle. White Castle. Yeah. He likes they anything do. that makes himself smell really weird. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that, right. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, they do last... have uh, veggie sliders now, I will say. I've, I don't I've think not, I've eaten them, but... <laughs> I've not eaten at a White Castle in in decades, so I wouldn't. Um, okay, so last question. Um, on this album, there's a song called Sunnydale, which uh-huh. is, of course, the name of the fictional California city where Buffy the Vampire Slayer takes place. Yes. Are you a, are you a Buffy fan? No. <laughs> <laughs> One of the guys must be here. All the guys must be. I don't know. Not me. Okay, well... Um, anyway, we'll try it, we'll try it. it well, okay, so one of the many episodes with feelings was the musical episode, Once More with Feeling, uh, which is definitely a fan favorite. Okay. I'm going to read you some lines from the song, I'll Never Tell, and you finish the line. So okay. I was hoping that maybe you were a Buffy fan and this would have been, uh, this would have been a gimme. But, um, okay, so he snores... She wheezes, say housework, and he freezes. She blank. Is it A, eats these skeezy cheeses that I can't describe, does anything she pleases, and that's no surprise, treats my real teases like a real fight, or reads an ancient treatise that I can't transcribe? That's uh, B. Um, sorry, it's it's these skeezy cheeses that I can't describe. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe that's, that's jo- why I'm maybe that's why I'm not a fan. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's, I've never seen it either. You've, it's TV, um, dude. I don't watch TV. Whatever. Yeah, oh, wow. Kinda, I've seen the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh man, that <laughs> sorry, is, uh, that's but, that's but you're asking like a real punk chick. She's not gonna watch that. <laughs> It's a, uh, I don't know. There's there's a, a huge cult following for that for the show. It's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty wild stuff and it's pretty campy. But anyway, anyway, thank you for playing uh, playing my little <laughs> speed questions. Yes, right. yes, very cool. Uh, everybody, go to fast feeling the fastfeeling.bandcamp.com. Leonor, as always, thank you so much for being a part of our nonsense. You are very welcome. Thank you for being our band therapy. We appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. See you later. All right. Bye. And we are back. Uh, Let's uh, thank Leonore for taking the time to talk to us. She's the best. She is the best, unequivocally, without a doubt. Uh, we stand some Leonore. We do. So, John. Yeah. I have a very important question for you. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> when did you first hear of the fast feeling? I think it was when we were preparing for season two. I don't think they were on my radar at all. Um, But as I was compiling notes before we even started recording episodes, I kind of broke down all the sort of side projects 
and did kind of a brief summation of each of them. Um, and in my notes, I had something like fast feeling, this rules, uh, electro pop, uh, mm -hmm. members of the band, uh, plus Matt Langston. So yeah, that was on my radar from that point on. And this album rules. Uh, Correct. I, I love it deeply. Um, we'll get there. But when did, when did yep. they, when did you first hear fast feeling? I think it was actually the MXPX five iron show in Chicago because uh, like they had merch or something. Well, uh, Josh Montgomery had like a fast feeling CD that he gave me. Ah. And I was like, I'd never, I hadn't heard it at that point. And I don't even know if I was even familiar that th I didn't, I don't even know if I knew this was a thing at that yeah. point. So I would have yeah. to guess it was, uh, yeah, I guess last year at some right. point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same with me. Yeah. Um, but I, I am very glad that I now know it. And I think especially around the time, I mean, I love the whole album, but in that time when I was just kind of like briefly checking out each side project and seeing what they were about, I listened to factions and I was like, yeah. holy shit, this is, <laughs> yeah, right? this is a real certified jam. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I've got my system for when I rank songs, when I make notes, I yeah. put things in yellow if I really like it. This yeah. album is How much? straight, straight yellow for me, bro. Oh um, shit. <laughs> there are no songs that I dislike. Um, but yeah, just that whole that whole vibe that they established with the band. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that this yeah. album exists. Obviously, we got into it with Leonore about how they came to be. Um, but they formed in 2015. This is Scott and Leonore and Andy and Matt from 11 And it was going to be Pool Party Death Machine. Broke off and became Fast Feeling. Um, and then they uh, released this independently January 13th, 2017. Uh, they did it Indiegogo to fundraise for the record. And uh, it was engineered and produced by Scott and Matt. Um, and yeah, they just really go for this very um, synthy sort of 90s synthwave uh, sound that I love dearly. And I think they pull off super well and speaks to Scott's sort of pop uh, hooky proclivities and yeah. uh, Matt's kind of very pop pop punk. Uh, you know, when when we had Resan, he described it as like Eleven D Seven being huge in Japan and like K-pop and like that sound. Um, those dudes both know their way around a pop hook. Um, yeah, kind of came together. And Leonor on Vokes sounds mm. great. Yeah, uh, I you know we stand Leonor, we stand uh, lead vocalist Leonor. So I yeah I, all all day. Every single day, I think that the sound of the the deep resonant bass and yeah. some of those those just huge bops that they have sound really great with her higher pretty yep. vocals. They those combined, everything just sounds really ethereal and yeah. uh, textured and layered. Which has got to be it's got to be our boy Scott all over that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, whatever that is, the sort of synthwave um, specific 
sound of big thumpy electronic drums and fuzzy yeah. bass and high female vocals like releases serotonin in my brain <laughs> like very <laughs> very yeah. quickly and uh they yeah. really nail that specific genre that that brings me joy in this record yeah, so. yeah and there's these i guess we'll get into the specific production quality of each song but like the that sound of like so just like the sonics just sort of like washing over you yeah, that's just right. like it's just like maybe maybe that's the synth wave i don't know if wave has to do with like like waves and yeah. ska or anything but like i just feel like in terms of waves i do feel like it's a wave of sound just yeah. like coming and washing over me and i i listened to this album so i don't know how you tend to listen to um in preparing for but uh preparing for these episodes but i will listen to it on earbuds i will listen to it in my car i'll listen to it on a bluetooth speaker i'll listen to it on my stereo like mm-hmm. in my living room like just to get a a fuller like broader experience of how how the records sound and man just the the bass the bass lines and the just the the bops there's just this 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 thing slaps so yeah it does one of the things uh that i'll mention shortly when we get into the record is that they have a sound sometimes that kind of reminds me of the band garbage uh and they Mm. were big for me uh in the 90s when i was a kid and i think that kind of makes sense because it's like well first of all it's kind of these big hooky bass lines and great guitar parts and sort of electronic sounds around that. But also Butch Vig, who was their guitar player was like mainly known as a producer before garbage. And this record is kind of like two guys who are producers getting together to create a band. And you can just Mm. tell like, it's very, it's Mm. very well produced. It sounds great. All the texture stuff that we love is this thing is just like covered in that. So yeah. Into it. Yeah. I it's, (laughs) it's one of those things where, with each song, I could be like, and this particular part and this specific <laughs> totally. sound, yes. like those those sort of like particular moments that right. that right. jump out to me that are it's 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 like it's not like, oh, I really like the chorus. It's like I I like this one particular sonic quality yes. at, in this second verse during this time, like that yes. sort of that sort of stuff. And I remember Scott saying that he loves that, like that's the thing that he loves. And um, I don't know, that's just something that I yeah. I can tell now. Having talked to Scott and listened to a bunch of Yellow Second and listening to what they did on engine and now this record i'm just like i i i can see yeah the hands of scott moving <laughs> and shaping and crafting right. these yeah. little these little moments so yeah should we just should we just jump right into it bro <laughs> let's do it bro yeah let's listen to the first track off of pulses we haven't even named we haven't even said the name of the record pulses baby Pulses, baby! Pulses, baby! 
is not to love Dude. about every single second of that. That is my number three. It is also my number three. Oh shit! Oh, that is uh, oh. <laughs> until it's gone. As uh, the name of the song. Um, yeah, rules. Everything about it rules. Yeah. Uh, I great. love. The F, there's fuzz all over yes. that shit. I, My first <laughs> note for this song is great fuzzy opening bass riff. <laughs> yeah. The ring, ding, ding, ding. It's great. Yeah. Great, and then great bass line. That killer guitar hook um, yeah. feels like a great kind of 90s bass oh, line and then a great is, 90s guitar hook 90s all <laughs> over i love like it when you I when you it. said when you said garbage i yeah. i was like yes it's um it's garbage it's uh i don't know it's i would even say like there's there's some pumpkins or yeah, like girls against boys did you listen to them it's kind of like that okay oh yeah um, yeah 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 but yeah, I mean this—that specifically the that feels like very garbagey to me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This feels that hook right there. The song feels like it should be in a trailer or a movie or a commercial or something. Like it's just such a strong kind of pop hook. Yeah, it's those those like five seconds of that of yeah. that hook yeah. are enough to <laughs> drive yeah. drive whatever. And that, but then the 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 drums too drums like, sound great great yeah because that yeah that that sort of then those like kind of keys uh doing the the, the kind of the guitar and bass line it just it's just great yep all it's, sounds great uh, leonor sounds fucking great yeah um i love her vocals uh i love scott doing background vocals with yep. her their sound together is great plus like that kind of synthy line that weaves in and out of their vocals together. It's just like, I just, the vibe, it's a great pump up jam. It kind of establishes the whole vibe of the album. Yeah. Super into it. It was apparently played on the radio, at least in Denver as kind of like a single. Now mm. the next song is the only one that they did a video for a lyric video. So I don't know if they really even consider having been singles, but I know this one did get some radio play at least. Speaking of, speaking of lyrics, John, were you able to find, no. lyrics anywhere because I was, not. I, I was not able to find lyrics anywhere which yeah. led me to listening very closely <laughs> same here yeah. i mean i was able to find lyrics for factions that was the only right, song right. i could they find a lyric video for. so yeah that makes sense um but, i mean i feel like there's kind of a general tone of sort of like um rebelliousness not like a young person's rebelliousness but sort of like a mature like this is kind of the system or this is the way things are set up and we're gonna sort of fight against that i feel like there's that kind of vibe sort of throughout um mm. that seems like some of the lyrical content so anyway but yes i agree it was wait we should have asked leonardo to give us uh lyrics to all this <laughs> <laughs> that would have been helpful um 
Factions, bro. Ooh. Oh shit. <laughs> Just second one, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then second ten. just listen to the whole song because Gosh, i could easily it's my number one it's my number one too bro oh shit bro oh <laughs> we got a number one and a number three bro could this be the first time ever i mean i don't know this could be it might be. be i will say i was kind of surprised what i landed on for my number two but maybe we'll see what happens oh um, fascinating fascinating um but this I mean, to me is like yeah uh, undeniable it's an, all t- it's an all-timer it is yeah, an all-timer yeah. it's there's a, a there's a moment a little later that i want to let me see if i can get to it i was talking about the washing Fucking great. Yeah, that's that that's that classic synthwave, vaporwave sound. You kind of yeah, you're picturing like a trapper keeper, maybe some <laughs> like dope uh eight bit palm trees flying by. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's just, just all uh, the yeah. all the letters are really pointy and jagged. <laughs> For sure. Lots um, of lots of tr- lots of triangles. Oh, I love a triangle. <laughs> um yeah, so this is a Matt song. Um apparently he like came up with the lyrics and the melody and, and the song around it. And so this, I think this is kind of fully him, um, which kind of makes sense uh, with his other projects. Um, but yeah, just from second one, that hard hitting electronic drum beats wow. and then that driving synth line throughout Leonor yeah. sounds great. Um, the, the echoes and the yeah. reverb, it all, it's like, it's so, so great like you i just feel like the there's there's like a an intangible sort of sound that uh it's like is this is this all her voice echoing or it almost sounds like there there could be like scott's voice or something too in it i don't know i'm just yeah scott's definitely doing some oh yeah 
which sounds great. That's awesome. Yeah, we're both we're both uh, mimicking that while like <laughs> during that. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, gosh, yeah. I we talked about this with Leonor, but like I just want to see these songs live so badly. Um, yeah, it would so be fun. Um, you, this would be when this bass. If this oh song came on, it, oh my gosh, you Dude, could you could and you could just mind. feel your chest yes. vibrating. Oh, just remember shows that was nice um, maybe <laughs> yeah next year. remember remember friends yeah, remember remember anything remember um, hugs I uh, hugs are good too um so as we said this is the one that they released a lyric video for it definitely appears to be the most streamed song of theirs i would kind of imagine that this is sort of the like breakout song if there was one um but uh yeah, so the lyrics are interesting. Um, it's kind of this, you know, talking about this political narrative, the way things get framed by yeah. uh, the powers and principalities. Um, the shaking. liberal media. Liberal media. <laughs> um, yeah, it is kind of soupy in terms of its uh, politics, I would say. But it's kind of that classic punk rock, like they're all yeah. lying to us thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, the like... God bless the hand that steadies the camera. Show us what yeah. we believe. The idea kind right. of being like the narrative is framed by, you know, the way that, that these things are, are set up to tell you like, um, yeah. War being peace because it's, it's the story we're telling with, with how we've put together a, a slick ad campaign for this war and that kind of stuff. So you, wa- you wagging that dog, bro. Oh man. There's so much dog wagging going on right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, just i'm into every aspect of this <laughs> yep same all right let's moving uh on. moving on to wasting time which we are great at bass is dirty and crunchy Ugh. as hell so good the bass and then like i'm just like Ugh, i love that i i there's also this i i've noticed it on a number of songs on this album that 
Scott and uh, Leonor are singing the sort of the same, mm-hmm. s- the same note. And right. then, then when they kick into the harmonies, it just mm-hmm. like, it takes it. You're just like, yeah. Oh, that it becomes so much more satisfying when they, yeah. when that harmony switches yeah. over. Yeah. Um, I think in, in plus particular, I just love, love Scott's voice too. So totally. he just sounds, he just sounds great. He sounds very different. Yeah. In this, than he does on any of his other, any of his other songs that are, right. You know, you talk about you talk about uh, Yellow Second and, and Altitude feeling a little bit more produced. His vo- the vocals on this are way more processed and produced. But I think for the kind of project it is, I th- yeah I think it works. I agree. I also think it's you know he's doing backups, and I always I always love the way that his sound his his voice sounds uh in backups whether it's yeah vocals are just kind of layered or whatever i mean harmonies are just layered but yeah, yeah i think in this in this song in particular is a great uh scott and leonard vocals together song um yeah. this is a top three contender for me uh i will say the chorus doesn't quite live up to how much i love the verse like i do like the chorus and i like the drums in particular on the chorus but like I'm just kind of waiting it to go, waiting for it to build to a place that was like even more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I will say the bridge has like a jangly guitar sound. That's cool. You know, I love Scott bridge, Um, (laughs) but yeah, I I don't know. I like the song a lot. I also like the, from what I can tell from the lyrics, the sentiment of wasting time together. Right. Right. I, I I just love that. the, The sentiment of, um, being with being with a person and the not really mattering what it is that you're right. doing. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of sort of like, you know, we've only got this time together. Like, let's take advantage of it. Let's like do something together, or let's. I don't know. It feels like a kind of taking advantage of the moment sort of record. You take it. You're taking it a, as a. We are we're together and we're not doing something we should be doing something or is it no more just like, um, I don't know. Using like wasting time together to be like, let's, let's choose to spend this moment that we have here together sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't fully know what I'm talking about. Uh, I I mean, I feel like for a lot of it, there is kind of that vibe of like, we've only got this chance and like, let's spend it together. Let's spend it doing something but by the end it kind of ends on this more sort of like a longer term perspective which we'll get to but anyway yeah like i said yeah. uh, i'm kind of all over the place in terms of lyrics and theme because normally we spend a lot of time pouring over the lyrics and stuff yeah um, yeah but, you know i do my best yep uh, all right let's move on to dangerous this one right out the gate i'm holding on to this life I'm gonna wake up to 
This is my number two. Okay. See, it was it very close for me. It was in there. It it left my list eventually, but wow. certainly I know, I know. In the top five it, for sure. Dude, it the oh those that opening to me just screams this is like top forty stuff right here. Yeah. This totally. is you could sell this song to literally any number of pop stars right now. <laughs> yeah, and for sure. Just that, oh, those opening, it's just... I'm holding yep. on to this life. Boom. Yeah, that's great. It it's rules. Perfect. I know. Actually, rules. you know, if, if you would have just kind of like asked me point blank before I really did a deep dive and considered this, like what would be in my top three, I would probably yeah. say that this would be in it. I yeah. kind of landed on another one that ultimately I find like more satisfying. But... I have a... Uh, there's this, there is... I'm I'm curious. Uh, I'm going to write down what my <laughs> what my number four is. Uh-huh. I don't see. think it's. I think this might be like kind of a classic John move that you're like, huh? Okay. Uh, but we'll see. All right, um, we're gonna see here. I think Leonor sounds great. I love those Scott. Um, oh oh oh. <laughs> yeah. I think that rules. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's yeah. As you said, it's a great pop song could be a single very easily well i mean you're known to be wrong so it's okay <laughs> fair yep uh i think you and me need to go on a break oh shit <laughs> <laughs> you dumping me bro never oh, thank you John. take a break from the pressure take a break from your name that face pretty good that it was that bass too is great uh, doo, 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 doo. um it rules apparently this was also uh, a single or at least got radio play uh in in denver at least uh yeah. which i can see it's a great song it's the first one that um leonor wrote lyrics for um which is interesting uh it's got a great bridge that builds later um and that's kind of my favorite part. But yeah, I think when these songs, kind of like you were saying, they feel so like kind of segmented to me. And I think when I feel that they're all sort of building together is when I like them the best. And that that's mm. the part that feels like it's sort of building up the most to me. Um, but I really like it. I don't know. I think it's great.
the oceans we could have parted. Mm-hmm. Like there are times where I'm listening to it and I'm like, what is it about something that farted? I couldn't. <laughs> that time you farted. <laughs> That's, that is like the first, I like, I didn't, I had to, because I have no lyrics, I like had to really listen carefully to, to some parts. I'm like, right. I'm like something, something that farted. I don't know. <laughs> weird, Leonore. <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird lyric choice. It's your first, but, you know, full album of a lot of, lyrics and full vocals and you choose to talk about this huh? yeah it's that is strange um, um this this song uh taking us to buffy country yes there was a time when i followed voices never knowing where they lead there was a time i was making choices now the choice is making me it's a long way back to the firelight when you've gone too long from the Fahrenheit Or when you find your mind with an appetite That you don't know what to feel Sort of like a little bit of a chip tune kind of part right yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. The yeah. Um, yeah, I love that it's like a full-on dance track by the chorus. Yeah, yeah. Um, rules. I will say the verses don't quite match the strength of the chorus for me. Um, like it feels a little like, okay, what's the next part we're getting to? And then by the time it's like, burm, 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 I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah. this is great. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree. Once it goes back to the verse, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Um, this is Sunnydale, by the way, per your Buffy reference. Yeah. Uh, I think Scott and Leonor uh, sound great together um, on the chorus, particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, those harmonies. I love the cascading kind of 8-bit synth line that comes in at the very end. Um, yep. A lot of chiptune action going on here, like you said. Um, yeah, no, I think it's uh, I think it's a good one. I'm into it. Uh, Songbird. Tweet, tweet, motherfucker. Oh, you break the news, you look me in the eyes 
you called it. Andrew wrote it down. It's my number two. Yeah. <laughs> um, was that a bird singing there? Yeah. Can you, can, can you not see it? <laughs> I see a songbird. He's saying, tweet, tweet, motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. yeah. I mean. That's what I'm assuming most birds are saying. Totally. They're like, hey, I'm hey asshole. <laughs> I'm fucking flying here. <laughs> Hey, you want me to shit on your car? I'll fucking shit on your car right Don't now, asshole. Don't think I won't do it, bro. Don't think I've got one locked and loaded, bro. <laughs> this is uh, this is a segment we like to call Great Bits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if a bird? Was what if a, a bird? Big, tough guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, just a. You just think because I'm flap flapping, I'm not a. I'm not a big tough guy. <laughs> Again, like. I was kind of surprised because it's not a banger, um, but I love everything about where it goes and I love kind of having a chill out track. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's often that it'll get to like kind of a slower song and you're like, really? That's here. That's in your top three. Um, no, but, but this, this is, this is in my top five. This would be, this yeah. is probably me, probably my number four. Okay. I mean, it's, yeah, it's really great. I love it yeah. so much. Um, I think I'm such a sucker for any time there's kind of like an undulating melody or like sound where it's like, <laughs> like kind of coming in and out. Um, I just, I know, yeah, I love I know it. you're, I know you're a big undulation fan. I'm a, I'm a huge <laughs> undulation head. I don't know. You're, you're, <laughs> I'm an undulator. I've, I've, I've always said you're an undulist. That's, <laughs> Big time Angelus. Big as far as, time Angelus. As far as Angelism go, the song does it for me. <laughs> yeah, there's like a particular undulization that's going on. In, I was trying to in think of a term for what that is that like, and I was like, undulating? I don't know. It sounds right to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I love this song a lot. I love the way it starts out. I love the way that it builds. I love where it goes for the chorus. It's just, I don't know. I not every song needs to be a full on dance track banger. This is more like sitting yeah. back and chilling and letting those synthy vibes wash over you. Well, um, Taylor Swift knows about that these days. Ooh, she sure does. Uh, yeah. In the same way that I like having a chill out track, I support the idea of a chill out album. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll have to get into, maybe we can discuss, sure. uh, yeah. uh, Taylor Swift a little bit in, in the, the post game. That but. sounds good. Um, and now a on to a song that we know a lot about. <laughs> this song is Off the Rails. This gets back to a little bit of a 90s vibe to me. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely more of a rock-driven sound. 
than a lot yeah. of the record. But yeah, by the time of the chorus, which I really like, it definitely kind of sounds like one of those sort of alternative rock, late 90s, um, poppy uh, rock big singles. Um, yeah. Into it. Um, yeah, it sounds or, like it's it, it's uh, written in a similar vibe and in a similar vibe with Until It's Gone. Just kind of got that. Right gritty yeah. gritty sort of bass sound and right the yeah, guitar yeah tone just kind of has that similar vibe remember when like republica was big like baby oh. i'm ready to go on yeah. the rooftop like kind of <laughs> yeah, that yeah, vibe. yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, there you go cardigans like kind of the cardigans yeah. second okay. record yeah that, there we that, go yeah that, that wheelhouse that, yeah i'm into I'm, that i'm into that subgenre. Not nothing wrong, nothing wrong with with any any of those. Yeah, the no. cardigans, man. I yeah. haven't I haven't thought about the cardigans in a minute. I mean, everybody kind of knows the Love Fool yeah. song, but I'll say their like their second record um, is is pretty interesting um, mm. and has the like. Oh, what's the song I'm thinking of? That's like the big single. Oh, my favorite I, game. It has the like kind of hook. Anyway. <laughs> you're <laughs> uh, nailing it. Uh, yeah. The weren't are really doing it for me. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's just another uh, undulation kind of thing going on yeah. there. I think. <laughs> Guys, I like it, but could you undulate a little <laughs> harder for me? Can you um, can you can you dial the undulation knob up just a, just a little bit? Um yeah, I really. Nobody's love leaving the studio until <laughs> so we get I more. Get my undulation. <laughs> These gold records didn't get on the wall by themselves. Undulation put them up there, babies. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I do I, love I, 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 <laughs> the sound of the synths uh, in the bridge. Uh, that part um, kind of takes it to the next level for me. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, big fan. All right, John, you ready to move on to that uh that heartbeat over here? Let's do it. that uh 
pulsating <laughs> into it. This this episode is giving giving you lots of excuses. Pulsating, to try. Undulating. <laughs> is that what you're gonna come in on? No, well, I was just saying that like this this sort of style of music, like because we both, <laughs> it's most episodes were like. Ring, ding, 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 or like, and now we're just like, I feel like part of it is like with rock instruments, we for the most part kind of be like, oh, he must have like a distortion lead on that pedal or whatever. But yeah. like for synthy stuff, I'm like, I like how it's like, boonsy, boonsy. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're doing by way of. Dude, uh, I, I like, I really like the part where it's like, oh man i love it i apologize for all the the way that sounds in everybody's ears um i love some some corgs and some mugs that's about all i can contribute to uh, any sort of synthy discussion anyway um i like the song it's not uh probably on my like top half of the record but um no i i agree i feel i i feel like it's um at least for me it's you know among the yeah the the bottom half but um still good because like you said i there's not a song i dislike on the record it's just yeah um there are other songs that get me super psyched like out the gate yeah no i think even when it's like well this is maybe the weakest song i'm like but i still really like it so yeah it's not that yeah. weak um i do really like uh there's a guitar part that comes in on the second chorus where i feel like um things kind of pick up more into that vibe That might be like a synth rather than a guitar, but I think when I first heard it, I thought the like, do, do, do. I like that line a lot. <laughs> I'm into it too. Meow, meow, meow. All right. <laughs> Last song. Last fall song. Back. Fall back. Fall back, bro. You do this. Yes. Yeah. Weep it. Weep it. Bloopy, bloopy. I wanna know the storm will pass. I 
combination of those like eight bit like bloom, bloom, <laughs> sounds yeah. uh, with that great fuzzy bass line and and the drums and rocking the hell out of the toms. Um, yeah. I really like those three parts working together. Um, yeah, yeah, I like the song a lot. I, I like the drums throughout the song, but I think particularly on the chorus, he's just kind of letting it rip. Um, as we talked about uh, with Leonor. I'm just going to say full disclosure right here. <laughs> we're just we're we're recording this thing a little bit out of order, so there are yeah. sometimes when uh, we have said, "I wonder what this song's about," and in the chronology of the episode, you will already have heard her explain to us what the song is about. <laughs> <laughs> but in the case of this song, we know that we really did talk to her about how this kind of is the sort of exception to the general vibe she's talking about about like getting ready to go out, and this one being a more sort of eternal perspective or looking back sort of from the afterlife. Um, so I know this one has a little bit more uh, emotion in the scope of the song, um, but just musically, I, I'm, I'm really into it. I love those, love those eight bit bloops, love that fuzzy bass, love the drums. I think it all works together really great. I agree. Yeah. Those little, it's some. It just sort of sounds a little chip tuney to me. Yeah, it does. Just the that similar. Yeah. Right. Feels that's very. A great, that is a bit. great intro. Uh, I love it. Yeah, it's another one that just immediately I'm like, oh shit. Um, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the melody of the vocal part that you just played. The like, uh, Da, I don't know. I just, yeah. Dig those Leonor Vokes, as we've said a thousand times, but um, I don't know. This, that is Pulses by Fast Feeling. I mm. love a full record of Leonor vocals. I hope we get more. Um, Same. This is a, a direct message to Fiverr and Frenzy to put Leonor vocals on your next record, please. Put her... <laughs> Put her, give her, give her some like more background vocals for yeah. God's sake. We need, something. we need those, those Leonor vocals. Fast Feeling I mean, has, has proven that to be the case. Yeah. yeah. Fast Feeling has proven that she can carry the song and the juxtaposition of her, of her vocals with the, the, as she said, like the, like on the song Dangerous, those lyrics and, and like the, throbbing bass you know it's just it's yeah. fucking rules so totally. leonor rules we stand leonor um <laughs> reese i'm coming for you <laughs> listen we love reese we love when dennis gets a chance we love the scott song that we kind of wish would have made it to the proper record mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. i think it's leonor's time baby yeah leonor's time to shine baby <laughs> <laughs> and like um, she said like sometimes you got to say baby that's true. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it calls a baby is called for. <laughs> if I'm gonna say baby, I'm gonna I'm gonna say baby and commit to it. Um, yeah, she she said I've... it better than I just said it. <laughs> um, but uh, I had a blast talking about pulses. Um, mm-hmm. You should go pick up the record to support them. Get some of that vinyl or merch that she mentioned. I've plugged this multiple times now, but the fastfeeling.bandcamp.com. Um, I just really want to like. <laughs> we've said this multiple times at this point, but like all these side projects, I know that there's a new five iron record coming out and that that's where the energy is going, but I'm just like a really big fast feeling fan. And as we've said 
you know, with Roper and Yellow Second and other bands, like it's sad to not be able to like do anything with that energy after we get into it so much. Cause I'm like, well, what do you mean? There's not going to be another fast feeling record or tour. Like I, I just want to put positive fast feeling energy out into the universe so that more people get into it. So go stream it, go support them. Let's get this, uh, let's get this grassroots movement going. Yeah, man. Get, get that vinyl. Like yeah. I wish I didn't know that this existed until, yeah. until like, yesterday or today or something i'm like oh man why do i not have this already um yeah so that's it that's our pulses episode that's fast feeling we uh john we are coming to the end we're approaching rapidly yeah pretty pretty much it as far as like recorded music from our friends in fire and frenzy um we we, got some other stuff coming yeah, we don't have we I mean there have been some people who've asked us about a lot more tangentially related stuff right. that it's like look if you know if there's you know we 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 talked about Yellow Second and the Altitude album specifically because of you know the Andy being on, the, it. Andy being on it and Scott being on it and and then this is obviously three members of five iron. So like we're trying to, we're trying to like, yeah, we could get into anything, you know, sort of related to five iron by, you know, virtue of that. There's somebody who's sort of connected, but like, um, I think we, we wanted to kind of do the, do the like proper projects a little bit more, you know, give that a little bit more focus and not sort of drag, drag on um like like we did our mxpx season (laughs) we Um, really did like every possible (laughs) recording for that one it's like hey was uh was mike in a tv show let's let's do that (laughs) special episode special Uh, check that one out um Yeah, we we got some stuff planned for the next few episodes. Some fun stuff. We yep. have some some loose ends to tie up, such as we have to name our top ten uh, five iron. Yeah, records. we do. There's not even yeah, ten of do. them, but we we got to name our top five iron records. Um, yep. We got some stuff to go over, and then uh, this third season, it's coming, baby. It's coming. We're gonna do some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, everybody, everybody, stick with us uh, as we continue on this journey, even as we temporarily leave our our friends in five iron. Uh, you know. Not behind, but uh, at one wow, station. As John. I was like, how do I transition out of the sentence smoothly? Fuck these guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for... I'm just saying, we will never... We will never... Uh, Five Iron is not uh, leaving this podcast. They will They will no. come back in different ways to be covered and oh, engaged Oh, and when with, that like, new yeah. album drops... Oh, you are better you, believe. Are you fucking kidding me? We Five have, episodes. Bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> this new album bro when this first drops bro you and me yeah we, we will be we, all over we'll it all over it i'm sure we'll have five iron folks on again at different points because we can't get enough of them um but yeah I, you know we're not done with this yet we'll get to the wrapping it up but i just want to say once again like how much we appreciate this band and all their side bands and the community around these guys it's been such a blast to go through all this stuff um yeah been super this, fun to close this it out season with yeah, this season has been especially affirming. And I don't want to like get too like uh, you know, sentimental before we are even officially done with this season. I'm just I think it's just we're just trying to prepare 
prepare yeah. your hearts to find uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the the third season of Magpod. That's right. Um, you know, that's, I'm just sort of like mixing, mixing in different, you know, MXPX references. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> into, I love you know, it. I, I, yeah. Yeah. If you, so, if you enjoyed covering MXPX, if you enjoyed covering Fiverr, and if you enjoy our bullshitting, uh, you will, you will enjoy where we go next. We, we, that's a Magpod promise. Um, yeah. It, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a little different than what we have uh, normally been doing. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna it'll be it'll be different and the same at the same time, if that makes sense. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's uh, you know, sometimes not not, not confusing or cryptic <laughs> or anything. We're we're dissolving the podcast and <laughs> we're gonna be coming to everybody's homes to do I don't know, this yeah. is dumb. Okay. We are um, we are only we're only covering Weedus teenage dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> Those hints we've been dropping, we'd like to confirm now. This is a Weedus exclusive <laughs> podcast from now on. Um, uh, but I want to make it. I want to make it abundantly clear: we're not covering Weedus. We're covering teenage dirtbag only, <laughs> exclusively. Exclusively, <laughs> anything. Oh, so we're going to be covering the movie Loser with Jason Biggs yeah. and Mina Savari. <laughs> oh man, you know how there's um, those like yeah. those podcasts. Get Jason that- Biggs on the pod. Come on, he's, you know he's not doing much. Uh, sorry, Whoa. Jason. <laughs> he's, sorry, he's, a, he's a big Five Iron fan. He's been listening this whole time. Maybe, Maybe. Jason Biggs is the Phantom Cackler. Who knows? Like, hey, Phantom Cackler, we haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, what the hell, Phantom uh, Cackler? You making a new American Pie movie, or what's what's the deal? <laughs> um, no, we. Uh, <laughs> what am I even saying? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've fully lost the plot. Yeah, um, we, we were talking. Oh, I was going to say, you know how there's those podcasts that go like minute by minute through Star Wars or other movies, oh, right, like right, really right. break it down. We'll do like five seconds at a time of Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really love the guitar flourish there, or how he says, "Boyfriend's a dick." <laughs> anyway, like, boy, oh boy. What if? What if? Uh, yeah, but what if? Uh, no, we, then we need to talk. We'd like need to riff on like Iron Maiden for like at least forty five minutes. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just, like we'll go. It. We'll, what we'll do is in our weedest teenage dirtbag episode, we'll we'll launch into the discography of Iron Maiden, and <laughs> oh, on man. that one particular episode. That sounds. That sounds right. This is the well, content people want, right? <laughs> that's right. Right at the end. Um, okay, if you have thoughts on fast feeling let us know at magnified pod on instagram twitter and facebook subscribe to the pod if you haven't already and give us a rating or review we'll read your review on the show email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com you can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763 magpod tell us about how you like to undulate yes please um you can undulate uh with support for us at patreon.com slash magnified pod and you can pick up some merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com thanks to shadow producer jason at unoriginal vinyl thanks to heavy ordnance studios and danny leary for our artwork well time is winding down but only for this episode we want you to be found enjoying the next episode when we'll have another very special guest I'm holding on to this life
Was that was that way too loud? <laughs> it's a little loud. I love that now that you have a whole house to yourself, you're just like, yeah, that's like, what, I'm motherfuckers. Not- <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got I ain't got shit. To, I ain't got shit to prove to nobody. I'm like, yeah, it's like, hey, am I, uh, am I recording a podcast in here? Is somebody about to open up this fucking pit? Oh man, <laughs> throw those bows! Throw those you know- bows, bro! <laughs> Your neighbors are going to be like, <laughs> I broke into his house. I was screaming <laughs> late at night. Hey, yeah. It's like this. Uh, it's like two. <laughs>